You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. Appreciate all the love and support of all the uh, Zeke fans, Zeke-aholics, however you want to call them. We're, we're officially into season four, so it's really exciting. I can't believe that's lasted four seasons. And no, I don't know if there's a rating system where I might get canceled someday. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll have to talk to the people that run all the ratings there. I have a great guest, a great friend, uh, coach at the Simmons Academy for Wrestling and a national team girls wrestling coach, Mr. Ben Giles. Ben, how are you doing today? Good morning. Good morning. Excited to be here. Sorry about my raspy voice. It was a long week at Women's Nationals this last week. <laughs> yes, yes. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, we were just... Um, you know, most of the time we do a little prep work before the before the interview and everything else and talk about your experience with, with the women's national team. It's just just awesome to see. So um, me and Barry talk about how we first met. You know, through the youth wrestling scene, we wrestled together. Obviously, me and Ben are a little bit different weight-wise, per se. You know, he's a little <laughs> bit lighter than I am. And he still looks like he can make a weight class that he wrestled in high school. I cannot. Uh, at least not now. Thank <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and um, wrestled for a, a storage program in Mason with uh, Coach Pittman, who I have a lot of love and respect for that man, a uh, very, very great coach. And some of you we interacted with, like a Tony Greyhouse, Jesse Fuentes, and I did a short stint, a couple years, coaching the Mason Youth Wrestling Program. And be able to see Ben, if you guys have not seen this guy work, whether it's in the practice room or on the mat, one of the best coaches we have in the state of Michigan, I'd say even in the country, the way he is able to handle his athletes and get them to believe in themselves. So it's been really cool to watch over this. I mean, I feel like we're all getting old. I mean, like over the last 15 years of coaching and over the last 20 years of friendship, seeing Ben grow and everything else. And, and it's just really cool to finally get him on to the podcast. I'm glad to be here. So tell me, Ben. How did you get involved in this great sport of wrestling? Well, uh, I would say I think I was about five years old. Um, my dad is a was a Lansing player, also a black belt in judo, and he wanted to get me into some kind of combat sport because apparently I was a little rough with all the neighborhood kids and a little rough at school. <laughs> and uh, um, he wasn't sure about judo. Um, he had always even little – Five, six years old, he'd always kind of messed with me um, with judo. And it just, it wasn't a thing for you. Um, like martial arts wasn't really a big thing back then um, for, for youth. And so he threw me into a Mason freestyle wrestling program. And holy moly, it, I took off with it. And yeah. um, it was just one of those things. My parents were really supportive about it. Um, and so they kind of seen that wrestling was, I really fit into it and ran with it. And it's, I'm still here. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> right. After all these years. Tell me about your experience. So, so you, you wrestled for Mason, like I mentioned before, what was it like wrestling for a guy like Jeff Pittman? So I love youth program as our high school coach. He was so involved with everything that happened. And so we looked forward to getting up and, and wrestling for him in the high school we did well in high school the in high school was first teams to beat Eaton Rapids for a league title um 
they had been like the eight year league champions. And uh, my freshman ended up dethroning them. <laughs> circuit um, title. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people know about that. So for all the, I call the old heads per se, back in the day, there wasn't this Capital Areas Athletic Conference. You had the CAC, which had Sexton, Everett, Holt, Eastern, Grand Ledge, etc. There's other teams there. I want to say Jackson. I don't want to, I don't want to leave anybody out because somebody's going to be mad. And then you had right. the Capital Circuit with Eaton Rapids, Mason. Uh, I believe Lakewood was in there also. Yeah. Um, every year, like these teams, like in the Capital Circuit, especially at that time, because Eaton Rapids, I believe, um, yeah, We're coached by, uh, <laughs> oh God, why is it Scott Warner? Yeah, uh, coached by Coach Warner. And then if you go even further back, you have um, Coach Provincial, who I've talked a little bit yep. about on the podcast, a legendary Hall of Fame coach, coached in the Lothrop, led Eat Rapids to multiple state titles, and then went to Grand Haven and had a great run there. And, um, but, but yeah, just, just the tradition Eat Rapids had alone for wrestling. And Mason was this team that was kind of, nipping at the heels, nipping at the heels, and really turn that into a rivalry your freshman year when they finally beat them for the league title. And then it's like Mason need Rapids for Lex 20 years or so. Yeah. but And it was crazy because it used to be if you were the league champ, you were probably going to be the state champ because our league was so tough. Usually four or five of those guys were in the top eight in the state just in your league. And so it was tough. It was tough growing up. <laughs> it was tough <laughs> oh, wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> and you had an opportunity to be teammates with Joe Ray Berry for a couple of years, who was a three-timer for Mason. What was it like wrestling with a guy like that every day? Um, luckily, I was blessed within my youth wrestling. I in uh, the Simmons's basement, and <laughs> I was just around all those guys all the time. I mean, in the Simmons's basement, you had Casey Stephan, Mitch Hancock, Steve Mosley, Andy, Chris Williams. You had coaches down there, you know, Scott Sens and all these guys. And so that was just the normal. Like, wrestling the two or three times state champ, that was just the normal. I didn't know any different. And it's it's crazy to look back at some of the mat rooms that I've been in, and it was that was just the normal. I mean, I've, hmm. I've been in mat rooms where I didn't get a takedown in a month. A whole month didn't get a takedown. <laughs> but you kept coming back for more. Yeah. I think that's how I, think that's how I ended up in the – basement um at like seven or eight years old was uh i was just tough they needed good training partners down there they needed kids that didn't cry and didn't care about bleeding and you know and it was just one of those things after a, a month of the wrestling practices were nothing so after you get out of high school and everything what drew you back into coaching so i worked for the department of corrections for about 10 or 12 years and uh, ended up having a couple backers and kind of took a medical retirement from there. And I was still kind of involved with wrestling. My sons were getting old enough to start wrestling. And uh, I got this weird phone call one day from this guy named Nick Simmons, who said uh, he was moving back to Michigan. And he said the first name that came up was you. And I said, I was kind of honored. And he said, can we do this? And I said, absolutely. And uh, I think that was like 2017. He moved back. I think he was coaching at Indiana University. Yep. And uh, he moved back and 
we started Simmons Academy Wrestling. And just, it's been off and running since then. Yeah, and, and I think, and I've been to the facility. I need to take another visit now because I haven't been there in a couple of years. But it's right in Lansing, right in my hometown, literally about 10 minutes away from where I grew up. Um, yeah. But I think it's just such a such a cool thing. And, and I've talked about this before on the podcast. All these great training facilities around the state, that was just kind of unheard of back in our day, in my opinion. Like you yeah. really had to know somebody to know somebody. Now you could you could go within a 30 to 45 minute drive and find pretty great training facilities um, where you don't have to travel as far, you know, and obviously there's a niche for what you want, but I just, I think that's just really cool. The options that all these athletes have now, which wasn't available 20 years ago. Oh, it's amazing. You know, 20 years ago, it was, uh, you were in somebody's basement and you had to know somebody <laughs> and you know, then that's how it was. And, and now those basements have turned into these amazing wrestling facilities. And looking back, you know, 20, 30 years ago, all these guys we used to wrestle with are all these guys that are opening up these facilities. And it's it's amazing. We grew up in a great era of wrestling in Michigan. Yeah. And you just, I'm just thinking about how you talk about, all the, you know, you got Sims Guy Wrestling, Lansing, you got the Michigan Rev of Mario Flores at, in Highland. Um, you got Dark you got Horse. Jay Johnson. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Michigan Grappler RTC with, with, um, with JJ. Like, you're just, like name up like you could throw a dart on a map and say okay I can get to this facility and I've met I mean I I feel like I know all of you you're all amazing coaches and and you you do it for the right reasons which is to get kids not necessarily better in wrestling I mean that's kind of but it's really about making them better people in life and they can take those life lessons with them as they move as they grow right in the beauty about all of us knowing each other is, is we kind of intermingle with each other. Um, you know, I tell my kids, you know, if you're not coming to my practice, go to a Michigan revolution practice, go to a Michigan grappler practice, go to these practices and find these kids. Um, and, and it's awesome that all these practices are open and, and willing to do that stuff. Um, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. We all kind of work together as a state to try to do exactly what I did this last weekend, try to, you know, win national titles and things. <laughs> so and tell me how so how did you get aboard with the women's national team uh the people you coach with coach smith flores have both been on the podcast i've known mario since he coached at lansing everett and had an opportunity to interact with coach smith over the last five or six years so how did that all come about um a few years ago um obviously i've known mario for you know since we were knee high to a duck since he's been into michigan he's a uh, a transplant from Nebraska, but since he's been in Michigan and since he's had Michigan revolution, um, I just was really drawn to, to coaching these girls because I seen they never really had leadership outside of a few guys outside the Mario's and the Smith's other than that they're they just didn't have a lot of leadership and we were really strong and our boys program always had coaches on top of coaches on top of coaches and one day me and Mario sat down for lunch and we just kind of said, you want to pour everything into all the, into the girls. And here we are, you know, yeah. doing great things with these girls. And I don't take a lot of credit for this. Uh, you know, Mario um, in Michigan revolution has done a great thing for these girls. 
And, and so I'm just along for the ride. I'm just happy to be a part of a, a great experience with these girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool to watch. And, and I've talked about in previous episodes about when we were wrestling, some of the girls that probably could have done what our girls are doing now. I think of like Elena Barubi from Escanaba, who um, I believe almost made a world team when she was um, and, and just just super, super tough. And then you even go a little bit younger, you, you think or a little older, like CeCe Weber. Uh, from from Goodridge and what she was able to do in her shirt. Like, those opportunities for those girls, if they were available back in our day, how it, you know, how much further would the wrestling, girls wrestling, women's wrestling be, you know, if, if, they, right. if those athletes had that opportunity? And, and that's what it is, was was giving these girls the, the same opportunity as everybody else. And then all of a sudden, women's wrestling exploded. And uh, I just wanted to be a part of the movement. Um, these girls work so hard, and they they deserve to to have the best top notch coaching and and everything that we can give them. So I just pour everything in into this girls. These girls, they're they're amazing. Um, what they did this last week and what they did last year. I mean, it kind of stinks that we're back to back national runners up, but. Three years ago, we we didn't have a team. We didn't have a horse in the race. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We went from not having a horse in the race to back-to-back runners-up. So I think we're headed in the right direction. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, And I think the, the, the women's wrestling overall is getting better. I mean, I, I think that there's this perception that it's not as strong. But I would argue that the women's wrestling is getting stronger because you're having kids start off younger and giving those opportunities and hopefully not having parents are pushing their kids too hard when they're not ready to get pushed. If that makes any sense. Correct. Um, you know, I have a, uh, both my daughters wrestled. My youngest actually likes it a little bit. And, and we've, we did the whole, we wrestled the youth season this year. Then we did the girls States. And after that, she did a couple, did a national tournament and a freestyle tournament and then shut her down. I said, you know what? I think this is good. She's got enough wrestling in, and we got a, a camp coming up next month. But it's one of those where I don't want to, if I want her to continue, uh, I don't want to push her too hard until she's ready to be like, all right, Dad, now can you take me here? Can you take me there? I really want to get the extra practice in. And who knows, you know, her and a couple of our other uh, female athletes on our team will hopefully get an opportunity to make a national team in 10 years. Are you still going to be coaching then? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping so. The mind is willing. It's it's the body that's starts to break down. <laughs> so what would you say is one of the things that you've seen from a coaching standpoint, how the negatives of how coaches interact with their athletes? Well, we you kind of hit it on the, the head here a second ago. It's a process developing these athletes from a physical aspect and an emotional aspect. Um, and that's one of the things I've just learned with the girls, the emotional part of wrestling um, and how that plays a big role. Um, but, but really listening, listening to your athletes. And, and a lot of times these kids, even though they're kids, they know their bodies, they know their minds, and, and really listening to them. Um, I've come to, to learn that wrestling burnout is a real thing. Um, and it's not really physical. Um, it, it's with your mind. And so I've just learned to uh, really be a part 
and really play a role in these kids' lives outside of wrestling. I mean, we go out to dinners with these kids. We go to golf outings. We do all sorts of things um, with these girls and with our youth wrestlers outside of wrestling to try to develop some relationships with them um, and try to develop some trust with them. And I think the biggest thing is trying to develop trust. And so they believe when you say something to them, they believe. And, and having them believe you know, blindly. And I, I think that's the, that's the key is having so much trust that even when these kids and these girls might think different in their head, when you tell them something, they believe it. And it's, it's finding that relationship with them. Really. I think that's the biggest part is having, having a relationship, not just in wrestling, but as I don't want to maybe a mentor, just get these kids to believe in themselves as much as I believe in them. Yeah. There's a difference between coaching youth versus coaching a high school program. Oh, that's a big one. Um, I, I would actually say the reward that comes with coaching these youth guys. Um, seeing some of these guys like the Brad Wilton's and the LJ Helbigs where I've taught them, you know, their first double eggs and single eggs. And then you, you get to see the progression. You know, I've watched some of those guys the, from the first time they walked into the mat room. And so it's the reward from, from actually having a hand in, in training some of these guys. By the time they get to high school, most of these guys already know how to wrestle. Um, you know, you're just kind of molding some things and, and honing in some some skills that maybe somebody else had already taught. Or, um, but at the youth level, you can really, you know, it, it's like having Play-Doh in your hand. You can really mold some of these kids and, and see, you know, within a few years, see the leaps and bounds that they make. And, and I think that's what's really special is, is watching these kids grow and watching them turn into young men and young women and and knowing when you see them say please and thank you and yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and they shake hands when they lose. This part is, is watching these kids grow from being little tiny kids to, to young men and young women in our sport and, and watching them come out and compete. And I've been to a lot of high school graduations and, and things like that and just watching these kids grow and, and knowing that, you know, you're a part of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the time they get older – you know, they're already set in their ways, you know. <laughs> they're old people at that point, right? <laughs> well, it's just, it, it's it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. And, you know, by the time they get into high school, I love them to death, but most of them don't want to listen. They're all teenagers. <laughs> yeah, I, I have an eight-year-old that feels like a teenager, so <laughs> I understand. Right. Oh, kids are the and worst. the other thing is seeing things go full circle. Uh, we ran a national wrestling camp last weekend and, you know, I was, I was blessed to have Joe Ray Barry's daughter in our national wrestling camp. You know, those full circle youth moments are, you know, that took me back. Um, having Joe Ray Barry's daughter, Gracie, you know, who's in high school now wrestling. Um, those are the moments that I look back and say, wow, you know, this is, this is an amazing sport. And would you have thought that it would ever happen 20 years later that you'd be helping your former teammate's daughter learn how to, uh, to continue to learn how to wrestle? You know, I no. Be a junior this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it also makes me feel even older that we have kids in high school. I mean, next time I see Joe Ray, I'll be like, you know, you're old, man. You got a kid in high school. 
And you're only a few my, years older than me. <laughs> I have a 17-year-old, believe it or not. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'm too young to have kids, and I only have two. They're, they're, I love them to death. They're, they're great kids. A <laughs> uh, <clears throat> couple things I noticed when I was watching, it seems like our officials are getting a little bit younger, at least what I yeah. was watching at the national duels. Is that a good sign that the officiating is starting to – uh, put some more younger people in their ranks to keep this thing going. It is um, a lot. A lot of sports are are running out of officials, and and luckily, um, you know, I just went to a tournament, you know, nationals where every mat had at least three officials on it, and I would say at least one of them was in their twenties on every mat. Um, and so it, it's a good thing especially in freestyle, you need these young bucks running around to be able to catch these falls and to be able to, to catch these points. Need good eyes nowadays. I throw too many bricks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, the brick throwing all the replay. Yeah, it's, um, it's quite interesting. That's, that's almost comical. I got to be honest. The whole brick throwing thing, because I remember one time it was like a stuffed animal that we throw it. It's, it's just, can we just press a button? Or, like, raise your hand. <laughs> Do we have to throw a brick in? It just looks weird. You know, honestly, the only fun part about it is, at least with our team, we have a little fun with it. And every time we throw a brick, it's got to be some a, a different motion. It's got to be a different <laughs> way. We go underhand. We've done the Michael Jordans, the Kobe's. We've folded in there. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. And, that, and that's one of the things that we try to do is bring a little bit of fun with what we're doing. Um, and, and that's what keeps everybody involved in, in what we're doing. <laughs> we, I think we threw a brick this weekend and, uh, it was a bowling ball and all the girls acted like pins and acted like they <laughs> fell down and it, it was a good time. It was a good time. Well, they did not catch that on the, uh, on the flow camera there. So it's a, hopefully somebody puts that in their Instagram or something. We'll have to check out to see, uh, your, the form and the bowling and the pins. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my last question for you is, what is your advice to those young coaches that are looking to either take on building like a youth program or a high school program? What is your advice to them to get them to get on the right foot and achieve the goals they want to achieve? Um, stick with what you know and, and stick with being really, really basic and, and having your kids have a, a great base and having a great wrestling knowledge. Um, and, I, and I think the other thing is, is, is recognizing that every kid is different. And there are some times where we have five different wrestling groups in, in our practice um, because we recognize that not everybody learns at the same pace and, and not everybody is at the same level. And so we recognize that not everybody learns at the same pace and not everybody's at the same level and um, in, in really enjoying your time doing what you're doing. I enjoy every day, believe it or not. And I hate to say the word work, but I enjoy every day that I lace up my wrestling shoes and, and I go to work with these guys. And I think that's a, a big part about it is wrestling is still something that I enjoy. And, and I try to tell these kids, you know, you need to fall in love with this sport. Um, because it gets really hard and the, the older you get, the harder it's going to get. And if you put the right people around you, you will fall in love with the sport and the people around you and the, the parents and, and your coaches. Um, 
So if I had one piece of advice, teach your kids to fall in love with wrestling. And, and this sport will take you leaps and bounds in life. Um, you know, even in the working world, you know, I look at guys when I'm hiring guys for work and they say, well, I wrestled. Well, you know, that guy's going to be a hard worker and he's not going to complain and he, he's going to do exactly what you ask him um, times two. And so yeah. it's instilling those wrestling values. And when you fall in love with wrestling, you kind of fall in love with hard work and it'll carry with you with everything that you do in life. That's what's amazing about our sport. Awesome. Well said, Ben. Well, I appreciate you being on. Uh, it's been great to finally have you on here. I do need to take another visit to to the facility. I'll bring my little one, uh, roll around the mats. Hopefully she can take you down. I don't know. She's got a mean snatch single right now. Please do. You know, over at, <laughs> over at Simmons Academy, we're actually the first uh, team that was invited for the Premier National League. Um, so... That, that's also a huge thing, too. That's with the M2, the Askren Academy, Daniel Cormier, Izzy Style, oh, wow. um, Pinnacle. Um, so we're involved. We're the only team in Michigan involved with the Premier National Team, um, the Premier National League. So we, we invite you guys to come check us out. Um, that's a huge thing. And, and that's one of the things that we were kind of talked about earlier is putting your kids in the right positions to be successful. Um, we kind of signed up with a league that we know when we go out and wrestle, you're going to go out and have probably five or six of the toughest matches that you've ever had in your life. And so, you know, we, that's what we kind of, we want, once you get to a certain level, we want hard work to be the only thing that, you know. Yeah. Well said. And, well I, and said. I appreciate, appreciate you guys having us, you having us on here and we invite anybody to come out to Simmons Academy of Wrestling. Saw one. 21.com check us out girls boys we have uh mercy lago mma that fights out of us so kind of a all-inclusive program yeah so many different options and and right there and you know i'm a lancy guy so I, I i love to come back home but it'll, it'll be great i'll i will hit you up i love to see you and nick and andy and uh, the rest of the crew and I mean, I know there's some new additions to the, to the facility, so I, I really look forward to seeing that. Awesome, and I appreciate you having me on here, man. No problem, Ben. You take care. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.